Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The baptism of our Lord is quite a sight. It's one of those events in the life of Jesus that it's quite something. A movie really couldn't do better portraying this event. You have the heavens opening, and Mark's gospel has it literally being ripped open, and then right after that, he's being thrown like ballistics into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Here you have the Holy Spirit descending like a dove and a voice calling out from the heavens. Quite something to behold. And everything crescendoing, coming to that point, and those words spoken by the Father, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So what do we see? Jesus is no mere prophet. He's no mere just great teacher. Yeah, he is those things to be sure, but he is the beloved Son of God. This day in the church here then is all about who Jesus is as the Son and what this means for you as sons and daughters of God in holy baptism. St. Matthew wrote, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. So as you're listening to this account recorded by Matthew, you see him as the anointed one, the Christ. That's what the word means, right? Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means anointed one. It's a Greek version of Messiah. So Jesus takes on the sin of the people. He takes on your sin. He stands in your place as the substitute. That's what it means that he is the anointed one. And it proclaims to you what, as you behold this and have God clothing you with Christ in the waters of your baptism. But as we start to think about that, and we have this image before us of Jesus standing in the rivers of the Jordan, it doesn't seem to make much sense, does it? I mean, when you think about it, here's God who is perfect, who's holy, who's righteous, who creates all things, the one whom we celebrated just in the Christmas season, and now he's being revealed in the Epiphany season for who he is and all of his divine glory. He's the one who takes on your sin, our sin, takes on that punishment that we deserve for sinning against him, that right punishment, because we're not perfect, we're not holy, we're not righteous. It's mind-boggling. St. Paul speaks to this in the epistle reading today when he wrote by divine inspiration, for consider your calling, brothers, that is, consider how God has called you to be one of his people. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards, Not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. 
So you see, God takes us, who are foolish, and exalts us because of the one who knew no sin but became sin for us. So for us to try to boast in ourselves and think of ourselves too highly is to trust and find comfort and consolation and something that brings about nothing. But for you to boast in the Lord is to find your comfort and consolation in Jesus, this one who was baptized in the Jordan River for you. And for you personally, that's to view your baptism as how God has delivered Christ and his salvation to you. In holy baptism, the benefits God worked for you are that he worked the forgiveness of sins, rescued you from death and the devil, and gave you eternal salvation as the words and promises of God declare. So baptism saved you because Jesus has saved you. That's the means by which he delivers it. And so that's no no small thing, but in fact, the gospel itself. Earlier this week, I was reading through these texts and then came across, I was reading some Martin Chemnitz. You know, our son's middle name is Chemnitz. I like to read him a lot. Um, Not my son. He doesn't write anything. But, you know, you get the point. We, We clarify that. Martin Chemnitz has this to say in baptism, which ties in well with this Sunday of the church year. Chemnitz wrote, Baptism is the kind of action in which, through the washing of water in the word, God the Father, for the sake of his Son, the mediator, saves us by the application and sealing of the promise of grace. The Son sanctifies and purifies. The Holy Spirit regenerates, so that by the grace of Christ, into whose death and resurrection we are baptized, and whom we put on in baptism, We who have been justified have the assurance of a good conscience before God and are heirs of eternal life. Therefore, when I ask what baptism profits, bestows, and works, it is the same as if I ask what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work, give, and effect in baptism, and through baptism. And the scripture speaks both ways, that God saves us through baptism, and that baptism saves us, not by reason of external washing, but because it is the assurance of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Christ. For we do not have baptism without Christ, but we are thus baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because the whole Trinity is present in baptism. The Father saves, the Son cleanses, the Holy Spirit regenerates, not without means, but through the washing of the water and the word. So what's his point? So I mentioned that it's quite a sight to see the baptism of Jesus. Heavens opened, voice from heaven the uh, Spirit descending like a dove. And as miraculous as that is, and miraculous it is indeed, so two miraculous things happen at that font. Your baptism was a miracle, and it's still a miracle. The Holy Trinity, God himself, has called you. He saved you. And you bear his name. So when holy baptism attacked or diminished, the Holy Trinity and his work are attacked and diminished. But when we hold baptism in high regard, you cling to the promises and the whole, that God has made to you, and the Holy Trinity is extolled, and you boast in Christ who has accomplished your salvation. So what does it look like then for you to remember and cling to your baptism daily as you ponder and think about the baptism of Christ? Well, looking at your baptism and what God has done, first and foremost... You see, what it looks like is what's happening right now. And everything flows from this. You're hearing God's word. You're receiving his supper. The baptismal life is lived out first and foremost in the divine service. 
And the daily way this is lived is when you read God's word, you study it, you pray to him, call upon him in every circumstance. Turn from your sin. Living your baptism is living by the word of God and not conforming your life to things which go against it. And in this way, then, the Christian life is a daily dying and rising that has happened in the waters of your baptism. And it keeps coming back to it each and every single day. When you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, you remember that you are one called by God and you have a new life. Because when we look at our life and we see that we persist in sin, when we refuse to hear God's word, it's to deny that baptism that God has worked. That he has given us a new life, given us a new birth, that we're heirs of a different kingdom. It's to boast in ourselves rather than humbling ourselves. And boasting in the Lord has redeemed you. So too, even as you go about your daily task in life, you do so as one who has gone into the waters of baptism and is covered with Christ. You go about your daily life as a Christian and what you think, say, and do, it defines you, defines how you think, how you look at the world around you. And in today's day and age, it's looking more and more different than what your eyes see and your ears hear. But St. Paul brings up a similar thing in Romans 12 when he writes to the Roman Christians, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as, living, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, literally metamorphosized, by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So baptism has called you out and set you apart as one who belongs to Christ and one who is different than the fallen world. And your life confesses this both in word and deed, the one who has called you out of sin and into the light of life. So as you look at that and you behold Jesus, you see that your sin was placed upon him. And he's the one who's made payment for your sin. And now you go about your daily life as one who in holy baptism have been clothed with Christ. Covered with him. You've put on Christ and you are an heir of God's kingdom, which is not of this world. You're an heir of eternal life. St. Paul says in Galatians 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live I, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So think about that then. Even things like changing diapers, feeding pigs, working the line in a shipping factory, or anything else that come back to the, to the point that God has given you a new life, that he's clothed you with Christ in the waters of your baptism. So you go about those things as one who is marked by the name of God. And God looks at Jesus' righteous life when he sees you and that he is crucified and risen. And God looks at you and says, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. And he says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. 
And so St. Matthew goes on, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. What a joy it is that Jesus is baptized by John in the Jordan. And there he left, continuing his work to accomplish your salvation. All righteousness has been fulfilled by Jesus, and he is the righteous one. The righteousness is now all yours, and that covers you. What a joy it is to be baptized into Christ, and for God to look at you and say that he, you are his beloved child. So God has done it all for you, and it's yours now and forever.